What would you do if everyone said they heard your trailer a hundred times? You'd probably make a new one. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, The Ringer's first ever true crime pod. We've been hunting a con man for a few weeks now, and our hunt is coming to an end. Schemes, heartbreak, how to put on a wire. We've covered all this and more, but there are still a few surprises left. Binge The Wedding Scammer wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Shoes? Did you see Big Show get slammed onto the car by Powerhouse Hobbs last night? I sure as hell did. (laughs) Here's my question for you. Yes. In that scene, you have to pick. Would you rather be Big Show or would you rather be the car? (laughs) I'd rather be Big Show. I'd rather be Big Show. I don't know. I'm a sick person, man. Like, so I'm a sick <laughs> person. Feels like, like you have a control. Yeah, over the way your body falls somehow. Yeah, I feel like I could. I, once a car is fucked up, like once a car is totaled, it's totaled. Like, there's no fixing it. But that bump, that highlight of you getting <laughs> mowed onto a Honda, a Honda Civic, or whatever the hell he got slammed on. Yeah, that's forever. That is yeah, forever. I can't hold you, man. That was that was. What a do sick you think? Bump. What do you think would hurt more? Falling on the car, be, Hobbs slamming you onto a car from an elevation, or Big Show falling on you from an elevation? <laughs> um, God, it's wild that that's an actual like thing I got to think about. That's how massive uh, the Big Show is. I don't ever want to have a car fall on me. At least, at least. At least Paul White could roll over. Or you could, you could kind of. I think, I think Big Show landing on you would hurt more. You, you think it, over oh, a car, yeah. a car, then then landing on a car. I feel like it's your own body weight when it hits the car, True. right? I mean, it's 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 your. I mean, Hobbs can slam you hard, but it's still a car. I don't know. Man. It depends on what kind of car, I guess. You know, if it's like a like a, a you know. 1987 Volvo. I, I don't want, you know. <laughs> All right. So, you gonna, know what? It doesn't have a lot of give. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. Like, if it's like a car that was uh, in Back to the Future, like those old 19, like when, when the cars used to be cars, when America was America and they made cars built to last. Yeah. You're, nah. talking, about the, you're talking about in the flashback scenes of Back to the Future. Like, the, yes. not, you're not talking about the I'm DeLorean. I'm not talking about the DeLorean. Yeah. No, okay. I'm talking about the real deal. Like, you know, Throw something on me from like the seventies or sixties and before, I, I, I'm a goner. So, but in any, in either case, I'm taking Paul White. People have survived 
Paul White falling on you. I don't know many people that have survived the car falling on you unless like you're Wiley Coyote or something. Present day Paul White. I don't know, man. Looks like he's made of rocks, but we'll, we'll see. Anyway, anyway, we had a lot to talk about. Full gears this weekend. Um, we got some heel turns. Let's start the show. Let's do it. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening, you're to, listening to, to You're listening to And you're listening to You're listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. We got a big interview with Gunther coming up. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, brother. How about yourself, man? I'm doing great. Great. Um, Dynamite was a lot of fun last night. We had a uh, video game inspired street fight. We did. <laughs> that was something. That was something. Uh, and then uh, we have Full Gear this weekend, which is going to be uh, incredibly fun. Drew McIntyre turned heel on Raw. He's officially got our heel side of the War Games uh, team tied up. Somebody was saying how much fun Raw has been over the past few weeks, and it has been. You know, what's super helpful about it, though, is that after Crown Jewel, we just get a big reveal every week. Now, you can't I don't think that's sustainable, a sustainable booking philosophy. But if you come out of Crown Jewel and you're just like, all right, we got three weeks. Let's do we'll announce War Games week one. We'll have Drew turn heel on week two and join join up with Judgment Day. And then week three next week, we presumably reveal who the babyface teammate is. Right. True. True. But here's here's another thing. Right. After Survivor Series, there's no premium live event until the Royal Rumble if I'm not mistaken so yeah, can't really keep that going technically the road to Wrestlemania kind of starts right after Survivor Series sheesh well we're here <laughs> one of the champs isn't going to be there and one of them's in a multi-person match yes. um, if, if if you're right and the and I mean let's just if you're right and we take it to the nth degree Seth Rollins is in war games. He's got all the Judgment Day. He's got Drew McIntyre in there against him. He's got a, uh, a, a, a team. He's got a bunch of four teammates, three of whom we know who they are, but, but four teammates who may or may not be his true friends. If you had to pick from that crew, who would you want Seth Rollins' WrestleMania opponent to be? Ooh, of that crew, man. Yeah, I mean, if, if the road to WrestleMania starts now, and we're Let's talking both it. sides. We're talking heel and and, and face. Talking Judgment oh, Day. Oh, yeah, dude! Sammy Zayn was about to turn on him last week. Yeah, <laughs> you keep, you we keep saying Sammy Zayn was going to turn on him. I just think he was just disappointed, man. I don't think Sammy's turning. Um, man, I don't know. That's a tough one. I think that's the that's probably the the, the toughest WrestleMania question to ask. I feel like we all kind of know where Roman and Cody are going. Um, but that 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 world heavyweight championship match, I mean, it'll be the first time it's defended at WrestleMania. That's a big thing. And if Seth Rollins is going in there as champ, I mean, there's a handful of suggestions. I mean, I could I could 
I feel like Jay well, don't and write Jimmy. Off Cody, because if 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 Dwayne decides to show up for WrestleMania, Cody might need a dance partner, and him, him and Seth got a long history. He was on Busted Open this week, and he said he ain't he ain't, he ain't phased by no Dwayne that he's he's gonna be there regardless. Oh yeah, he'd be he's gonna be there wrestling Seth. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, nah, man, you know I feel like Jay's dance card is gonna be full. I think Jay and Jimmy got something going on. I think Sammy, you know, Sammy might be the best choice left over. Uh, but yeah, I mean, who, I mean, unless, unless, unless there's somebody debuting very soon that isn't even on the roster that Seth Rollins is going to defend that world heavyweight championship well, against, well, who knows, who knows? Well, this is why I think that next week is a surefire. They're, they're definitely going to be, um, they're definitely going to announce who the fifth member of the, of the, of the, you know, super friends is for war games. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there saying Randy Orton, the crowd was chanting Randy Orton. Uh, I think both this week and last. So, um, if he's healthy, that's a good bet. So it, assuming CM Punk is not going to sign with WWE, you have to announce Randy Orton or whoever this mystery partner is next week. You have to do it right. Because otherwise everybody goes into, Goes into Chicago, you know, hoping at least that, that CM Punk is a wild card. If it is, if they are signing CM Punk, they don't need him. They don't need to announce him early, right? I mean, wouldn't the move to be to announce it at the pay per view? I still think you announce a fifth member and let CM Punk be some kind of surprise. Otherwise, right? I mean, you have somebody get taken out, or you have him just show up in the match, just do like a run in, because you don't need CM Punk to come in off you know, off the street and wrestle a 45-minute street fight. I don't know. But here's the thing, though, right? Like, it's not really a 45-minute street fight because War Games is... War Games is a, is a unique enough match where it's 45 minutes in total, but you can be, like, one of the last two entrants. And, you know, once you get in there, you could just spam finishers and, and get people popping. And who better? Who better? Who better? in the world of wrestling to to come back after a long hiatus spamming finishers than Randy Orton, right? <laughs> like he got, oh, you know, yeah. like it's it's so set up for him. And, and you know, I, I hear you saying that they could wait until, uh, you know, uh, they, they should probably announce the fifth member on Raw. But who knows, man? Like if, if, they, if they wait until the last moment, and of course people are, are expecting CM Punk and blah, blah, blah. But... If they're going in there four on five and they're saying, no, he's coming, he's coming. They're going to have a guy coming. And then, you know, the last dude, the last person in the cage to escape the cage is Randy Orton. And he slides in just throwing RKOs for the next five minutes on people. I mean, that's, I think people will forget about CM Punk for at least that moment, <laughs> you know? So, um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not all the way there with you. I don't think they all, I don't think they necessarily need to announce that Randy Orton's gonna be. I mean, they sold out already. Like, it's not like they need to get more butts in the seats or something like that. But well, that's what I'm saying. They don't need, but they wouldn't. Need, I mean, but if if no, they got to announce it. They have to announce it. If it's not Punk, especially, they have to announce it. Dude, if you go into you can't go into Chicago in this day and age at this moment in time and say, oh, there's a big mystery man coming out and have it be anybody but CM Punk. That would just be a, do a disservice to Randy. You know, I I think it'll be fine. I mean, I th I think I don't think they're losing anything. And the Randy Orton shock. Everybody's chanting his name already anyway. <laughs> um, I like Drew as a heel, though. If I had to pick from that crew, I would, I would go with a baby face. I don't even know who. I mean, it would either be Sammy or Cody or... Can I interest you in a John Cena, Seth Rollins World Heavyweight well, Championship? Yeah, you can interest me in that. 
Yeah. What about returning Randy Orton comes back, helps them all out, and then just RKO Seth at the end? And that'll be on brand. Feud. That'll be on brand for Randy. It would yeah. make sense. I don't think you bring him in as a as just another guy too. I mean, like I feel like you throw him right into the mix if yeah, he's if he's back. And that's another. I mean, shit. If he be, if he becomes world heavyweight champion, wouldn't he tie? Wouldn't he also become a sixteen time world champion or, or something no, is like he that? that? High. I think he is. I think he's actually pretty close. If I, if I remember correctly, it's Cena. Flair, Hunter, and Randy. Wow. I think. I mean, he's right. He's right there. And hell, if there's anybody that is more, you know, ready to take Ric Flair's record, it might be the guy that he was in a stable with for that yeah, long. Yeah, well, know, so. he started well, he's, young. He's, he's a 14-time He's a 14-time, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, hell, that's uh, there's something there. Something there, man. Dang, I love Randy. <laughs> Who doesn't? I mean, he's a dude. I mean, listen, the messed up part about the injuries that I feel like, you know, Randy was just getting into his his legend sort of run, right? Like right before he got hurt, like he was he was doing the RK Bro stuff. He became, you know, I feel like everybody who debuted in like the early two thousands. It's impossible to boo now. Like the Miz, you know, Cena, all these guys that came up in the in the ruthless aggression era or anything about after that. It's like you're a certified legend. So mm-hmm. you know, um, it was unfortunate that he got hurt when he did. But uh, I mean, he's a dude that I think was has been severely missed. Um, just off of longevity, off of legitimacy. Um, a guy that you could throw into literally any situation. He could be in a, in, a, in a comedy tag team. He could be a real threat to the world champion. He could be the biggest villain on your show. He could be the biggest yeah. baby face on your show. He's one of the most yeah. versatile wrestlers of all time. And, you know, nobody pops a crowd more than an RKO, and nobody can get people to hate him quicker than, you know, legend killer Randy Orton. So I'm really interested to see if he's the guy and if he does come back, what exactly his role will be uh, on the road to WrestleMania. You know, I think there's they got they got one big character move left to play with him. Mm. Fat Randy Orton. Oh, God. It's impossible. This dude has Wouldn't been... Wouldn't that he, be great? He's, Wouldn't he's, that be the great for heel Randy Orton <laughs> if he just came out looking like his dad on a bad day or something? Just like give him a pot belly. <laughs> Said, I hear voices in my head. They tell me to eat more bread. They talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> they talk uh, to me. <laughs> I mean, he's listen. Uh, how old is Randy? He's probably 40, right? Let's see. He's He's got to be a little got, older than 40. Let's see. Randy he's 40 Orton. something. You take a year off. Randy Orton is 43 years old. You're going to come back old. in tip-top shape. Back problems. Most people at that age uh, get back problems. They put on some pounds, man. That's true. That's true. Yeah, no, nah, he's 43 what a years great, old. What a great heel gimmick that would be. Just Randy Orton still get still getting the still getting the like uh, you know, the authority push even though he's like woefully out of shape. That would be incredible heel heat. Anyway, um we got that, that that's it's going to it's going to be a lot of fun and we're almost there. So, you know, whatever. Um mm-hmm. Uh, JD McDonough's finally in Judgment Day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, got, what do you got, think? He got his Rock Nation chain. He got his Rockefeller chain. Uh, da- oh. Yeah, <laughs> Damian Priest gave him the leather jacket. Damian Priest, who now claims to be the leader of Judgment Day, mm, that's, that's going to ruffle some feathers. Definitely. I mean, obviously, mommy didn't have anything to say about it, but that only lasted about what ninety-five minutes because. <laughs> 
here comes Drew McIntyre, and and I don't know if he's is, is he fully Judgment Day? Is he? Well, I don't think we know that we know that to be the case. But. Yeah, I mean, Finn gave him a look like, brother, what are you talking about? And um, I don't know, man. Like the Damian Priest, I always felt like out of all the Judgment Day folks, like he would be the next guy to kind of leave or oh yeah, be unceremoniously dumped from the crew if if there was to be a breakup. And I think they're starting to plant the little seeds that. You know, like this guy may not be all the way locked in as we expected him to be. So um, I'd be it's it's it is very interesting to see how this is just this like is with up. the damage control thing on Friday nights. Like, I know that you you, you want to keep, you know, people's character arcs going. Yes. But I don't mind Judgment Day getting bigger. You know, <laughs> it seems like they've kind of gone like they're they're not the threat that they have been at sometimes in the past. Right. Mm-hmm, so let's just mm-hmm. make them scarier. Let's give them Drew. Just give him a, you know, th- toss in some dudes from NXT. Let's just get this, par- let's get this party going. Yeah, man. You know, I, I I love, you know, I'm a stable guy. I, I love a good stable. I, I love a good mm-hmm. stable. I don't love too many stables. And I think WWE has lacked strong stables for a while. There's a lot yeah. of good three men's. There was a lot of good, you know, trios, but a good old fashioned, like, you know, I don't know what like the, a Heenan family were. Yeah, people. like there hasn't been a good straight up like, you know, more. I don't know the catchphrase, but, you know, two is a crowd, three is company. I don't know what happens after four or five, but after four or five, you got a real stable. You got somebody that can sort of do every level of WWE. And I think the whole stable gimmicks, I hope it doesn't end after war games. I hope this isn't just like a one to two week sort of blow off of just trying to get people into four or five man groups, because the fact that every main act in WWE does probably all three shows now from NXT Raw and SmackDown. It makes all the sense in the world to have representation from every single group on every single show, especially if they're over like the Judgment Day and and, and damage control. So um, it's interesting to me, man. Like uh, the, the whole JD McDonough stuff, like he's a guy who I know uh, we, we crack a lot of jokes on him for being just a weird dude and just being kind of creepy and stuff like that. But I think he 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 um, he adds a real niche to the stable. And, you know, as much as Dominic Mysterio is uh, killing and probably going to be like a main eventer in WWE one day, like you need a guy that could sort of be someone who could, you know, uh, you know, take a lot of the tread off the tires as opposed to everybody else. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we've called him like, you know, store brand Finn Balor for a long time that, you know, now he could just lean into it a little bit more. And uh, I think he could do all the stuff that we hadn't get to see Finn do in a while, whether it's due to injury or being, you know, tied up with main event stuff. So um, I, I love stables, man. And, and more than stables, I love, I love baby face groups with, access to grind trying to come together to to try and stop them you know it always makes for really good really good wrestling tv so uh not when there's like a zillion stables it should just be like one or two you know and and then just let everything else rock out but drew joining makes it real interesting uh if randy comes back that's going to be interesting too. I'm excited, man. It's going to be fire. What about Baron Corbin and and, and Dom seem to be friendly on NXT this week? Can Baron join Judgment Day? He doesn't need them, he said. But doesn't need him. Doesn't need him. But I, he's been looking would, good though. I like. Kinda, I, I love NXT Baron Corbin. NXT is like the great the great uh, coat of paint for everybody, right? Like I don't know if there's anybody from the main roster. I mean, there's probably like one or two people. But I'm not going to name them because I like them. But there's probably. Uh, 
they have like a pretty much like a ninety five percent success rate of go to NXT, get some uh, get some get some street cred, put, put a different coat of paint on you for a little bit, and then you come back better than ever. And Baron Corbin, man, he's probably a guy who's been given the most, had the most different gimmicks, and you know, uh, still pretty accomplished, even though he hasn't had any world titles or anything like that. He's still somebody who I think would benefit a lot from from NXT, and we're seeing it now, right? Like, I know he he just went over. Um, uh, I forgot who they fought, who he fought on NXT. Was it was it uh, Tyler Bate? I think it was Tyler Bate, and yeah. then you know, and then he and then he takes out Ilya Dragunov. You know, like he's he's. The ultimate utility player, man. Like in my in my small time doing writing over there, like he was getting so much action. Like he was the constable. He was doing GM stuff. He was doing tournaments. Like he was working with Kurt Angle. Like they give him a lot of stuff. They have a lot of trust in Baron Corbin. And you know, there's always that cycle in wrestling fandom where you get overused, you get overbooked, and then you get kind of dry. And then you get like ironically liked, and then you get like appreciated eventually. And I think right now Baron Corbin is almost, almost, almost at ironically liked. So I think the Judgment Day stuff kind of puts it a nice little extra gear into what the hell he's gonna do uh, going forward. I think he needs to change those tights, though. I'm not a big fan of the tights, but well, dude, it's a, I mean, come on, but it's his best look out of like 100 tr- attempts at it, right? <laughs> I mean, anything was better than the than the than the slacks and his dress shirt that he was wrestling in for a while. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, that's a great segue. Uh, speaking of dynamite, yes. um, uh, we had Jericho and Big Show were both wrestling in slacks and a dress shirt. Now they were all wearing suits on the babyface side when they came out because they were in the in the intro video because it related to the video game, which I don't care enough about to learn. <laughs> but um, Big Show and Jericho wrestled in theirs. Meanwhile, uh, their teammates um, Kenny Omega and um, and Ibushi both put on their tights somewhere along the way. I'm gonna ask you straight up, Dave. Bicycle, lead pipe. What are your thoughts? <laughs> of all of the things you can do in a wrestling match, mm-hmm. with just like anything at your fingertips, anything could be inspired by a video game. I don't know what it is. There's like a million things you can do that would probably look cool or at least be cool enough to be funny in the moment that you thought about as a kid. Hey, why doesn't somebody do this? Or, you know, whatever. As an eight-year-old, you would know that a lead pipe and a bicycle around a wrestling ring is a terrible idea, right? (laughs) 
I mean, given uh, Kota Ibushi does some stuff in the ring and his matches that are terrible ideas, and it's to great effect, right? Like getting pile-drived off the ring apron onto a pile of chairs and tables. Terrible idea, but it works, and you know, but it was awesome to watch. Yes. But I like my baby faces to be a little bit more intelligent than that. You know, you don't I have mean, to like, you don't I'm, have to have an advanced physics degree to understand that that's not going to work. No, definitely not. I mean, it, it, listen, it looks really, really, really funny. Uh, but I go at least suspend. Uh, thank God for Brian Cage, like just mauling him off of the bike. Because I'm like, I could only, I could only suspend my disbelief for so long. <laughs> that what's well, so, okay? By the way, speaking of 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 uh, factions that just you know keep need to get bigger. How do you have a giant faction like the Callis family enter into a multi-person match where two of the people in it don't actually matter, right? I mean, I'm speaking to uh, of Paul White and Ibushi. I mean, they're not like part of the ongoing storyline. Ibushi is to, a, to some degree. And then still have to bring in a ringer on your on the heel side. Like, I'm great. I'm ha always happy to see Brian Cage, but he's in another faction that has like a that he kind of, you know, just mutated his, I mean, just, just, he's just become part of this faction in a, you know, in the long sense, long game anyway. And now he's just being lent out. He's being, he's a hired gun. I mean, I that just seems so silly. Now the story apparently is that Sammy Guevara is supposed to be in that spot, but due to his concussion or whatever, he can't get it. But he's been concussed for like months. Like, how do you not figure this thing out? I mean, don't don't play around. We we should never play around with the, with, with the concussions. No, I don't think obviously. he should have come back and been in the match. I just don't mm. know why. If it's, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think I would have gone with somebody who wasn't like in a like a a player, even a, be it a bit player in another storyline on this pay per view as part of another faction, right? right I mean, right. I don't know. You've got Big Show on one side. It's like, can we just get like Ryback for the other team, or <laughs> you just do just, just bring somebody in there? Just if we're, you know. It's like I'm already in a faction. What are you doing? You know, I I don't know. Uh, uh, gosh, I mean, that's I some mean, old W. That's some old school WWF stuff, right? It's just like, oh shoot, so and so didn't make the call. Well, Brian Cage's contract has been bought by the Reverend Slick, you know. And it's just, come on, <laughs> yeah, just make it make it make it make sense sometimes. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm ready for full gear. You know, um, I feel like. I, I I don't like poo pooing on AEW. You know what I mean? Like I, I try to I'm trying to focus more on the positives with that they do as much as I possibly can, uh, because I feel like they get a lot of negative stuff, especially from from podcasters and 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 social media, a lot. So uh, you know they, they. I wish they I wish they would have approached that tag team match a little differently. Obviously, but um, you know uh, outside of that. I hope it helped elevate and and push the story forward to to Saturday night or or Sunday, whatever the pay per view is this weekend, and make it make sense for us as as well. Um, it's gonna be an interesting Friday tomorrow. Uh, it's gonna be an interesting weekend. Just like lowest the keys, like you got Collision and SmackDown going head to head. You got uh, Tony Khan announcing the signing of a well respected, the most respected wrestlers in the world for AEW fans, uh, according to him. That's Kota, um, but it was Kota Ibushi. Was it? They said they said he's going to sign his contract at full gear. Like, I don't oh, think, I, I don't thought think it was when they announced Kota Ibushi. Who nah, who's that going to be? I, I mean, I have my theories. I have my theories. But what do you think? I mean, I I would hope it's Mercedes Monet. 
because you know that's there's as far as uh, uh if you if you're gonna if you're going to announce that you're gonna sign this contract at the pay per view, it can't be a it can't be a popcorn fart, right? Like it can't be a guy that you know uh, that's already been right. on TV for eight. I mean, just to be clear. It can be a popcorn fart. It is totally within the realm of comprehension. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm glad you worded it that way. For it to not be a popcorn fart, <laughs> it should be somebody that's that's been hyped that that is talked about a lot in the wrestling media as far as being a high level free agent. So there's only three to me. I think it's got to be Dolph Ziggler slash Nick Nemeth, Will Ospreay, or Mercedes Monet. It's got to be one of those three. If it's not one of those three. I feel like it'll be, you know, like, you know, no, no, no offense to, uh, I don't know. Flip Gordon? Flip Gordon or somebody. <laughs> uh, I think the last time they did this, it was either Keith Lee or Swerve Strickland. Uh, that was, you know, we're going to announce the signing of a major guy and that's going to be a segment on the show. Um, I, I think Osprey's still under contract until what, February or something like that? Is that what the yeah. word is? But I, I think I don't that know. sounds right. I don't like, know. Let me read. Let me read this tweet. AEW yes. is from Tony Khan. AEW has agreed to terms as one of the world's best wrestlers, a pro who is known and respected by virtually every AEW fan. Mm. They'll come to LA to sign their contract this Saturday on pay per view at AEW Full Gear. <laughs> I don't know, man. One of the world's best wrestlers, a uh, the, the second part really gets me. A pro who is known and respected by virtually every AEW fan seems sort of like faint praise, right? It is. And a pro who is known and respected by virtually every fan. So not every fan. Virtually. And not every. and not not like who is a favorite of every fan. Known and respected. I mean, Do known and have... respected could be like. You know, like Spike Dudley is known and respected by virtually every AEW fan. It, it smells like it smells like Ziggles, right? It smells like Dolph Ziggler or or Nick. It Nemeth. does because I feel like I mean, it. It feels like Ziggler because I feel like if it were Osprey, he would be losing his shit. Tony Khan. Oh, I think he. Sure. I think he. He could not restrain himself in the tweet. If it was Osprey, it would really fuck up those whole the whole bidding war of 2024 stuff that's supposed to be happening in the next uh, couple of weeks and oh we didn't even do free agency this isn't really count as free agency although i guess it's pre-agency pre-agency there you go i like that word <laughs> pre-agency watch have you noticed that the bucks seem sort of unhappy have you been following this story what's they're like commenting on social media people are like why are you wrestling kenny omega and chris jericho if Kenny Omega is your friend or like whatever there. And one of them commented like it was either that or not be on the card. You know, their whole storyline since post brawl out has been or their existence post brawl out, brawl out has been very weird. Right. They're kind of not quite baby faces and not quite heels. They can't quite decide if they're actively turning one way or the other constantly. They've been off TV more than they've been on TV. It feels mm -hmm. like they're not like particularly significant to anything that's happening. No. No. Um, and yet they're like VPs of the company and they're the founding members of the company. And in a lot of ways, they're, you know, maybe even more so than Kenny Omega. They're like aesthetically, you know, philosophically, like part of what the company's built on. 
But uh, on the on the on the offhand though, like they, the young bucks more than Kenny or in some cases more than Tony, are like the faces of like the post CM Punk era of AEW. Like that video, that video of 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 you know I don't know if it was Matt or Nick Jackson running around the ring and collision to like a sixty percent empty arena after punk wasn't on the show is like gonna be a visual that sticks with a lot of people for people who may have turned up been turned off from AEW after the whole brawl out stuff. And on top of that, I mean just as a fan, I mean I think all the, the whole backstage stuff doesn't mean as much to me. I just kinda I'm I'm try I, I try to watch the show just as an objective sort of like enjoyer of the program. If I'm just watching the show, they don't seem as charismatic as they used to be. Right, like they just come off like dicks <laughs> a little bit, right? Like they come off like, and I think that's on purpose. Like they kind of come off. I think they're kind of leaning into the fact that, all right, if everybody, if everyone's gonna, you know, take the CM Punk video of him saying, "I'm old, I'm tired, and I work with children all the time," well, let's just lean into being fucking children and just being the biggest heels on the show. And I hope they're not trying to be liked. I hope they're not trying to be the baby face guys right now, because I think their best option is to be as disliked as possible and, and be as douchey as possible and annoying as possible because they can still work their ass off, but it's going to be hard. It's hard. Me, it's hard for me to look at them and be like, those guys should be the most important tag team on the show. Those guys should be the tag team champions. Well, in some ways it shows the limitations of tag team wrestling. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I agree and with a lot of the stuff that you said, but it's also like they're as big as you make them. I mean, if you bring them out there every week and you're like, here's the world's greatest tag team and they're going to have the world's greatest, you know, a match against somebody, you can run that every month. Tony kind of doesn't have any issue with running the same, running, booking a best tag team versus best tag team match at every big pay-per-view. I mean, it's, it, it, I don't know, man. It's The signs are troubling, although they did, I think, pretty effectively turn heel last night and... I don't mind that look for them. Um, it just feels, I don't maybe maybe there's working us. That's what I kept thinking when I was looking at all the social media stuff and you know, you watch being the elite and he, they know that they can they can toy with us and maybe it's just an effort to get them over his heels, right? To make them seem dissatisfied. But I mean, especially if you're a VP, an executive vice president of this company, the last thing you need to be doing is teasing that you're not happy at the company. Even if, even if it were to, even if you knew in a vacuum that it would help your character, that it would help the storyline, it's not the look right man. It's not look right now, man. It's just not the look. You know, if they disappear though, if 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 the young bucks are jump ship, whenever they get their opportunity working in WWE or maybe they go back to TNA, bring back the generation me trademark or whatever. But like if they disappeared or if they quit or whatever, is it possible that Tony Khan just picked the wrong side after brawl out? Should he have just been like, everybody's fired except CM Punk? <laughs> uh, listen, I've, I, I guess that been... wouldn't have prevented what we got punk fired. Right. I mean, it wouldn't, that wouldn't have, that, that didn't have much to do with that. I have been, I have, uh, anybody who could check the tapes, check the, check the receipts on what I've thought about the, the most pivotal moment in AEW history. And it's not brawl out. It wasn't signing CM Punk. It was losing Cody. 
it was losing Cody, man. Like once Cody was gone, that place stopped being special. The 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 first couple of months when it was when they were all together right after SummerSlam, right after that August, the, with Punk and Cody and the Bucks and the Elite and all that type of stuff, they were the hottest wrestling promotion in America. Period. Like they might have not have been the most profitable. They may not have been the winning the ratings war every single week. But as far as heat, as far as how popping. The, the product was AEW was more popping than WWE. I don't think anybody will disagree with that. But losing Cody, I think just there's just so much, I think, behind the scenes that us as consumers, us as people who enjoy this, this, this form of entertainment, don't necessarily realize how much a company like that needed them more than WWE needed Cody. Not that WWE didn't need Cody. I'm sure they would still do just fine with or without him, but I mean, look what they're doing with him and look what AEW lost not having him. I, I I just have a hard time believing if Brawlout happens with Cody Rhodes still on the, I don't think Brawlout happens with Cody Rhodes on the roster. I just don't, you know, uh, he just seems like the type of person who was like the player coach over there and uh, on top of being a, a household name, I mean, He's what made the elite special. He's what made all in True. special. Like he was the guy who really took the chance to uh, after WWE and and did the did the Drew McIntyre run of just killing the indies and but he did it better than anybody else did. And he as much as Kenny Omega is pound for pound probably one of the best in-ring competitors of the past decade and the Young Bucks are an extremely um uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Extremely influential tag team as far as the past several years. Cody's what made that them special. It's interesting, yeah, yeah. And I, I think of all the choice, and, and that was a choice, you know. It I mean, was it was a like choice. The, the punk thing. I feel like there's a lot. Of, I mean, it's, it's a lot of moving parts. It's like when Jimmy Butler, famed NBA player Jimmy Butler, <laughs> wants to go on a rant about the Sixers. He's like, they chose Tobias Harris over me. You've heard him yeah. say that like a hundred yes. times. Yes, that's but exactly in reality. That. It's in reality, they could have kept him and Tobias Harris if they wanted to. But really, what they did was they chose Ben Simmons over him because mm -hmm. Ben, did, you know, didn't they? He didn't mesh well with Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons didn't have the the the. the it's 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 a, it's, to, a, it's a fit. It's a fit. They're both. They're both, fit, ball, they're both right? ball. They're both ball handlers. Sort of, it's, so it's so when some people are just like, oh yeah, you chose the you chose you know Kenny Omega and the Bucks over. CM Punk or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like really you chose C or you chose CM Punk over you know the elite whatever. You chose CM Punk over Cody Rhodes. Is the truth yeah. of the matter, right? I mean that was that was the new the new shiny object, the new toy. Yeah. Um. There was and I know, I know Bully it. Ray. Bully Ray was on. Uh. I think on on Busted Open also. I was, yeah. I, I was you know shout out to the to the serious uh, free subscription you got. I love I love tapping in now. But yeah, Busted Open's great. Busted Open is fantastic. I love the show. And you know he said you know AEW has nobody to blame but the fans because they were like booing Cody and the AEW fans were like why we never booed Cody. I'm like yeah you did. You definitely booed Cody. <laughs> like I remember, he was he was he was definitely getting you know the unironic boos from from fans or whatnot but more or less after that I, you just get the feeling that whether it's the nightmare factory whether it was brandy's um his wife's presence back there whether it was the influx of talent whether it was the cody verse whatever it is the magic of what was there shifted afterwards like it just it and i don't think they've fully recovered since then like they've had moments They've had opportunities that were were excellent. They've had great pay-per-views. 
But the magic of what that place was, I think, left with Cody Rhodes. And uh, I don't think it's a... It shouldn't shock so many people. That, yeah, you know, we'll see. I mean, listen, there's a, you could say that about a million different things. Though, of course. Uh, of course. Anyway. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, they got a big pay per view this weekend. They do, they do. Do we get the devil? Do we get the devil review reveal? We didn't get any devil. We didn't get any devil reveal. Any devil appearance. Any devil anything last night, which which surprised a lot of people. I do think we're going to get a devil reveal. Mm -hmm. And I think, according to Sean Ross App, it's definitely not Punk, believe it or not, and it's definitely not Britt Baker. Mm -hmm. So that leaves from our list Adam Cole. Or who else could it be? I mean, it could be Roddy Strong, I guess. It could be MJF himself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> could be Tony Khan. All right, so I'll ask you this. Ryback. What's the best and worst devil reveal? Like, who's the best? Who's the best in the, in the realm of, of the possibility? I don't even think, I mean, it's easy to say Tony Khan. I, I don't actually think Tony Khan is the worst. I think you come with, you know, because he's significant enough that you can make that work. It mm. would be, I would, we would make fun of it and it would be a bad decision. But like Tony Khan is not a worse idea than like Peter Avalon or something. You know, I'm, no offense to Peter Avalon, but like somebody who we don't, who doesn't really have a going, an issue with anything. The only mention, by the way, of the devil last night was by Wardlow and is a pre-taped promo package. I don't think Wardlow physically fits underneath that uh the in the you know the shape we've seen up to this point, but who knows. Um who is the best and who is the worst? I think Oh, and by the way, just a, a point I just a, one more point of in, intel. Sean Sapp says that the the other people in black are actual people. It's not just like a devil and mysterious minions. There's like a specific number of them and they all have, they are, they all are cast as there are wrestlers. So it makes a certain amount of sense that it would be like Adam Cole and the undisputed era or whatever, you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, should we throw out the fact that if it's Wardlow or Joe or anybody else of that size, it doesn't make sense because the devil is clearly small? Like, are we do we factor that into how bad a decision it is? I don't know, man. Who would be the who would be the best and who would be the worst? I would say low key, the best reveal would probably be MJF himself, and really? him just going into a whole new level of tyranny and evil. Mm-hmm. Um, I think who Adam are the Cole, minions? I think uh, I think it would be you know Roddy and you know the Fortune and 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 all those guys and and Bennett and all those dudes probably Kyle O'Reilly probably uh, I don't know where Bobby Fish has been. <laughs> um, I think I think it's either NJF or, or Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era. 
I think that would be the best one. I have, okay, I, I have a um, controversial take. What's the controversial take? Best would be Adam Cole if the injury was a fake and he's ready to go. Worst is going to be also Adam Cole <laughs> if he's got another nine months on the show. Yeah, yeah. Adam Cole, Adam Cole with a devil mask and a walking boot trying to drag this storyline out until he's ready to work sometime in like late 2025 would be a bad decision, I think. It would. But unless you have a, a stand in, unless you're convinced that Kyle O'Reilly or whoever is like ready to be your number one contender. Uh, man, I don't think so. Who would you go with? Adam Cole, knowing that he has at least I have no idea what the timeline is. Let's just say for the sake of argument, Adam Cole, knowing that he has nine more months of rehab or Tony Khan, who do you pick? Who, who's your devil? It was me, Austin. It was me all along. I wouldn't be necessarily mad what about at Tony Vince? Khan. Vince just cashed out of his stock, right? He just sold like $700 million worth of TKO stock. That's true. That I, think, I don't think he can do it. By the way, speaking of the signing, I'm seeing online now that it doesn't look like Dolph Ziggler or Mustafa Ali, for that matter, whoever. It looks like that they're still their contracts are still not up yet. So I don't know if Saturday would be feasible. Mm-mm. Hmm. And it's not if it's not Ziggs. Goddamn, it's going to be Kota Ibushi fine, like formally signing the contract. Or I something. would, uh, I would hope not. I feel like that would be a little bit of a letdown. We've already seen him, you know. I don't yeah. know, man. Okay. Well, anyway, let's talk about the pay per view. Um, we got a number of big matches. So uh, before the before the demon thing, the devil thing, uh, you know, becomes an issue. MJF's going up against Jay White. He got his ass handed to him on Dynamite. <coughs> Is there any way Jay White wins this match? Yeah, I think it's possible. I think it's possible, and I think it all you has to do with... You think with the devil's with, interference? Yeah, I feel like there's 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 something there where there's always a way to kind of get it over there, but I do just you think, think... Jay White's the guy? Because if I guess, to me, the, the logic would be... First of all, I don't think he's going to win, because mm. I think he... But, just I don't think he's going to win either. But the way that they've been possible. booking MJF, the way that they've been booking MJF as one half of the tag team champions, Ring of Honor tag team champions, which I ranted about last week, I think it's pretty clear that whatever story they're telling, it, the AEW is convinced that telling it with the title is the way to go, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're going to take it away. If But if you were to do that, I guess the idea would be Jay White gets to be champion and then MJF versus the devil is its own storyline and I don't know if Jay White's quite there yet as the guy who's going to like walk away with the title. You know, it almost do like it almost seems like the time to give it to a placeholder, to give it to a Kenny Omega or a, or a John Moxley or somebody, and then let MJF versus Devil do its own thing. I don't think Jay White wins. I would love to see him as champ, but I don't think it's going to happen. And um, is there is there? I don't know. I'm not going to say that. I almost I feel like my dark horse, my dark horse Devil. Reveals like Sort of Strickland (laughs) I was just thinking I actually was thinking About that when you asked I think that would be I mean It wouldn't be The worst idea ever Mm -hmm. But he's got a real Big issue with Hangman Page Going on That's true That Hangman promo Last night was great Oh yeah Oh yeah He was Um, uh, He's talking about Stealing Nana's weed Talking about being An executioner This whole thing is (laughs) It's getting serious Mm -hmm. Um 
Uh, I just, I, I think the logistics of getting Swerve from that match into the devil costume are a little bit difficult, right? Like, why would you be doing this thing if you might be like, have your legs broken by the time the show ends? <laughs> you know, and then you have him, you have to have him win, I guess. You have to have Swerve win and then, and then turn up under the devil mask. I don't know. It just seems like a lot. Seems I'm, like I, a lot. I, I do think this is a Swerve win though. I think, I think the promo was so good. Uh, and it got so personal that, yeah. and and to me, I think this entire this entire program was built to make Swerve. So after him getting his ass handed to him on the promo last night, if he doesn't win the match, like it kind of puts Swerve right back to where he was before this entire thing. And I think Hangman's probably in a better place to recover after a loss than Swerve is right now because I don't think Swerve has a ton of signature wins. Mm-hmm. Um. This makes the most sense, in my opinion. So if he did win, then I think my ears would be even more perked up that he could be the double under that mask. And now after MJF wins, you know, like Swerve is now fully in the main event picture and and fully ready to, you know, uh, take quote-unquote Hangman's spot. Yeah. Dude. I think he's right there. I think both of them are right there. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. After this, after this feud, they're both. Either one of these guys could be easy, uh, very easy um, world title contenders quickly. You know. Who do you think is going to win? You think you think it's going to be Swerve? Yes, I'm. I'm I picking Swerve. Swerve. I'm picking Swerve. It makes it makes all the sense in the world for for Swerve to do some real heinous, heinous shit. Yep. And and I really agree. be be that guy now. Yeah. Um, Omega and Jericho, the Golden Jets versus the Young Bucks. If the Jets win, they get a world t- the tag team championship opportunity. They, they oh, sorry, they get the Young Bucks AEW World che- Tag Team Championship opportunity. If the Bucks win, the Golden Jets must disband as a team. Now, mm-hmm. I guess there's stakes here, and obviously, it wasn't the Bucks' idea to put the tag. T- I don't know, man. They have they have a World Tag Team Championship opportunity. I don't know why you wouldn't just cash in if you're them instead of being involved in this dumb storyline. But <laughs> um, well, they should have just not been on the show, like they <laughs> like they asked, right? Like it was either that or not being on the show. It's like actually, you know, maybe it should be. But I know that's their hometown. Makes sense to have them in LA, get the market. But you know, shoehorn does feel very shoehornish. You know. Like, why are you putting something on the line mm-hmm. just so these two guys don't get to be friends anymore? It all seems very strange to me. I don't know. I think the Golden Jets are going to win. I think so too. Uh, I think so too. I think there's more. To, I think there's more story to tell. I'm always leaning on story. I mean, yeah. it makes sense to for it to to for the Young Bucks. I mean, they already have a tag team title match. I mean, they could always. Find a way to to wiggle themselves into that tag team title picture since they already have a uh, championship opportunity. So, but I think Kenny and Chris, there's something there's something this to, to to tell there. And I'd honestly rather uh, enjoy Chris Jericho in tag team matches than than these solo stuff. So if this keeps him out of solo competition, I, I'm with it. Um. Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley, AEW International Championship. Uh man. Did you I, watch that match last night? Am I I'm I said it a couple weeks ago. The, the Combat Club's not doing anybody any favors anymore. 
Mm-hmm. If it's yeah. doing anybody a favor, it's Wheeler Yuta, and I don't even think it's doing. Is he is he better? Is he in a better position now than he would be if he was like the coolest member of the best friends? I don't know. I mean, he's just like like he's just kind of there, you know. Yeah. And and the Blackpool Combat Club is kind of they're not necessarily running rough shot like as a unit like they used to. Anyway, John Moxley's in like a months long death feud with Orange Cassidy, who's freaking great. Don't get me wrong, but it just doesn't seem like it's he and Moxley are operating in the same universe right um right. who do you th- i mean i i think i think orange wins i just don't think this is who knows oh maybe moxley wins ah, it's a toss moxley, up moxley doesn't lose a lot man i think he would if, if he wasn't concussed against uh ray phoenix i think he probably still would be the AEW international championship You're so probably right go all right moxley's there. gonna win that's great that's fine um sting darby allen and Adam Copeland, FKA Edge mm-hmm. against Luchasaurus, Nick Wayne, and Christian Cage. Hmm. It's gotta be it's gotta be uh team team good team team, team uh, spooky guys. Staying Darby and everybody's Edge. spooky in here. But you're right. <laughs> uh, Adam listen, the graphic of, of Adam Copeland, Darby Allen saying is really cool. Mm-hmm. I still think I still think they would have been better off. I I know why they did it. It probably might be the better decision, but man, I I think I would have done Adam Copeland. They're like they did with Christian. Adam Copeland straight into a match with Kenny Omega at the pay per view, and then let's deal with this Christian Cage stuff later on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Adam Copeland is one of three dudes on a, one of six guys in a match. That's like your fifth biggest match of the night. <laughs> this was your massive free agent signing. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, I get it though. I mean, it, it seems fun, and there's a story to tell. And you don't want to blow off the Adam Copeland Christian Cage stuff off the first pay per view. So I understand that. Um, and you want to get some get some some feel good Sting wins in there too. There's two, at least two guys on Christian's team that make the most sense to take the pin, eat the pin, get some crazy bumps, whatever. But yeah, this seems like a this seems like a Sting and Adam Copeland and Darby Allen win for sure. Yeah, I don't think there's any way around that. Mm-hmm. Cheetah, your champion versus Tony Storm. Um, I don't know. I feel like now's the Tony Storm time, right? Makes sense. Tony Storm's kind of uh, killing it right now. And uh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't Mariah May, me. by the way, is a big fan. We didn't talk about her when she signed. She's actually a really, really good wrestler. Um, and I'm excited to see her what she what they do with her in AEW right off the bat. Of course, as they do with everybody they sign, they give them they put them in a crew. Um, and now it looks like she's going to be helping out Tony Storm. I think she might be the secret to the to, to Tony's victory. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that Tony Storm's in black and white on all the posters. I don't know. I go back and forth in that gimmick sometimes. Remember, I asked if that was too if it was too silly at some point. No, it's not. It's definitely not. It's hilarious. It's working. I love it today. It's working. Oh, it's yeah. working. Um, let's see what else we got. Oh, Chris Statlander versus uh, Julia Hart versus Sky Blue triple threat match for the for the TBS Championship. Um, Sky Blue won her way in by beating Red Velvet last night. Not all the way there on Sky Blue. I mean, I just came around on Julia Hart. And now you're asking me to get to to get excited about this triple threat match. This match could be a little bit messy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's going to be very messy. Um, 
the sky blue story they're telling about her sort of like changing attitudes and the whole Julia Hart stuff uh, has been interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm just glad there's an actual story being told um, with more than one women's, uh, you know, title. So I think that's oh, I, great. Um, but, I agree. Don't get me wrong. I, I totally agree. I just don't know if this is if sky blue is the one. Mm. I mean, I don't mind sky blue is kind of part of the bigger angle with Julia Hart, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I just like sky blue versus red velvet for entering it's into this match. Just did not seem like your go home show sort of material to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. But maybe I'm just being overly, overly picky. Uh, I, don't <laughs> I don't, I actually have no idea what the, what the, general vibe is on sky blue but doesn't it seem like they have other people they could be putting in this position i guess is Britt baker injured i think she's injured um sky she's blue definitely. has a sky blue has a very um i think she's great uh she has a very very specific fan base <laughs> um so i i understand why people are, are, are high on her as well um and why she's getting the push it makes sense to kind of give her that push and I feel like a lot of this story is circled around her her character transformation so it wouldn't shock me if she ended yeah. up you know taking that one yeah i think julia hart might be the winner here is mm -hmm. that your pick yeah uh yeah yeah julia i see chris stylander just run out there and these for run-ins she's twice the size of everybody else she's fighting <laughs> i don't know it just doesn't doesn't quite make sense also I know it's always it's pretty reductive. We always talk about it, but Julia Hart winning. I mean, the 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 um, Kings of the Black Throne, the, the two members of the House of Black, being Brody King and Malachi Black, are are vying for the AEW Tag Team Championship. So they could do the everybody in the faction wins a belt except for Buddy Matthews. Sorry, Buddy. Um, they they could do something with that. I guess I don't know if Ricky Starks and Big Billy are champions for the long term. Um, they're also going up against FTR and uh, La Faction Ingorable. Yeah, Russian, I need, Russian I, need, I need um, another. I need another FTR tag team title run. Like I need a hole in the head. This is the most downbeat pay per view <laughs> preview we could possibly be having. What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it's Kerm. Can you put on some like happy, some happy like circus music behind this? I pride ourselves on trying to be the most positive wrestling or one of the most positive wrestling shows out there i'm not down on this card that's what's weird I mean, like i'm not like i'm not down I'm on not... the card but it's just it's just something just fucking missing from the company as a whole that just does not get me juiced like it used to not not even a year ago like six months ago you know yeah, like, but you have weeks where you come on you're like this is freaking awesome yeah i mean the the swerve stuff i think is really exciting um, the MJF stuff always keeps me interested. I think, you know, finding out who the devil is going to be is going to be, uh, you know, uh, something that's kept me interested as well. But just overall, like, the, like on the, from the, from car to top to bottom, it's like, if it's not that, if it's not those two things, then it's, 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 it's like a side, side. <laughs> it's all right, you know? Uh, no, it's but, full gear. It is full gear. Yes, it is. Let's see. Let's see if they can. Let's see if they can. And whatever they right do now. with the devil, you know, like that's going to change your. We're going to come out here on Monday talking just about that. Yes. You know? Yes. And I guess that's the goal of the go home show, right? Like if they're if they're if they're trying to under promise and over deliver, great. 
But, you know, they're also in a position to do something that's going to keep people excited. They're going to announce a brand new signing that, uh, you know, on on Saturday night. They're going to possibly reveal who's been behind these attacks with the double mask and the MJF. And, you know, the, the world's how to match. I think it's going to be really good. Uh, Swerve and Hangman's going to be really good. Um, but, you know, everything else is kind of just happening. And nothing really feels like urgent. Except those two things, you know? Yeah, but that's enough. That's enough. And then they have all this good wrestling, too. Don't you the think? Wrestling, the wrestling's always going to be good. The wrestling's yeah, always going to be good. It's going to be a good. freaking four and a half hour show of like some badass stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, uh, do we miss anything? Oh, MJF has a tag team match against the guns with a mystery partner. Is it going to be Samoa Joe who keeps extending the, his hand? <laughs> What's gonna happen? Or does it's gotta be Samoa Joe? It's gotta be Joey Samoe. Has to be. Has to be. But if it's not, who else could it be? I don't know. I mean, he's offered his hand many, many times, and it's been somebody who made the, the most Maybe sense. Maybe it's Wardlow. Your time yeah. is coming to an end. <laughs> oh no. Uh, all this stuff's gotta pay off eventually, right? It's got to. It's anyway, got to. that's the pay-per-view preview. Yep. Um, we got a we got the big interview with with, with Gunther to get to. Yeah. Fun, fun talk. Great talk. Uh, longest reigning Intercontinental Champion for my money. The best wrestler in the world right now. And um, it was really fun. It was really great talking to him. And uh, he had some oh. interesting things to say about the the old guard, which I think a lot of folks are going to get a kick out of. So I can't wait for folks to listen to that. Well, let's get right to it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And now we are joined by the WWE Intercontinental Champion, the living legend. Let's give it to him. Gunther, thank you so much for joining the show. I'm going to go right into my first question. When you said that the Ultimate Warriors uh, era was the Dark Ages on the jump, did you, or on the bump, did you expect to get the kind of response that, it, that it's garnered so far? I didn't follow up too much in the response, but I, nothing really got to me besides some people agreeing. <laughs> I think a lot of people agree. I just think it was, um, you know, this is it, it's it's a dark ages that some might say WWE created back in the day. You know, I mean, was that did, is that a is is that too much to say? Um, I meant the dark ages of wrestling. I mean, if a if a guy with tassels, face paint, and <laughs> minimal wrestling skills holds the two prestigious titles in the business, then something's wrong. Like. Yeah. How <laughs> can I not get my points? I love it, Gunther. Gunther, uh, as a longtime wrestling fan, I feel like most fans of the WWE, if you would have asked them for the past 10 years, what's one thing you could change? It's something you just alluded to. It is the prestige of the Intercontinental Championship. It just bringing it back, making it important, making it feel like a main event championship like it did uh, unfortunately, during those golden, uh, those uh, dark ages of the Ultimate Warrior, um, I- I'd love to know your thoughts. Was that a a goal that you had, 
once you got to the main roster or was that something that people were like, listen, uh, you know, this is this is a goal for you and this is something that just sort of evolved over time. Uh, how did you look at the Intercontinental Championship when you first, uh, uh, you know, joined <laughs> WWE? Uh, it wasn't like a specific goal. I said, I got to go there and make that thing mean something or anything like that. But mm-hmm. in general, I try to approach things when something, yeah, gets, when when I'm responsible about, when I have to run some responsibility over something, then I'm going to give it my best and I'm going to, yeah, commit myself to that. Gotcha. Um, I'm not really a person that, or I try to be, it's like, nobody's without failure. I don't want to, I either do things, I do them properly or I don't do them at all. Um, that was the same approach here. Um, I think the rain so far has been, yeah, fantastic so far. Really good. I can't complain. I have a platform where I can, yeah, perform the way I want to and the way I think, the way I think it's right. Um, and yeah, everything developed very good. Um, performing the way you want to is interesting. Uh, I was looking back over your my, my favorite matches of your IC title reign. And, well, it's a really long list. If you go back through the whole thing, there's names like Ricochet, obviously, Nakamura, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, uh, Xavier Woods. I love that match. Um, of course, Gable and Ciampa and Bronson Reed. Now you have a match against The Miz. This is the the widest variety of opponents that's imaginable. When you go into this, pull the curtain back a little bit. When you go, when you when you start on a feud, or when you're looking forward, looking ahead to a match with somebody, are you trying to get the best Gunther match out of that moment possible, or the best match that the two styles together can bring? Um, even though I think there's a certain style for my matches, um, I yeah, I like. The matchups that are like the biggest mix-up, if that makes sense. Um, if if you look just at the, the the wrestling aspect of it, for example, obviously, like somebody like Chad Gable is the best opponent for me because those kind of guys, like same with Riddle or even like years ago, like Tim Thatcher, Zack Saber Jr. Those were always guys I love to wrestle because they are just those naturally gifted grapplers that can really high skilled and it just yeah goes very well with my style um but looking back to that because you just said you enjoyed the match with xavier woods for example like just on paper looking at that match i wouldn't see like i wouldn't go like oh that's a it's a natural fit right that's mm-hmm. because he does something completely different um mm-hmm. but for it to work out that way and get that res- response is fantastic and I think Miz is another example where I'm really looking forward to that match because it's a challenge for me. It's not just somebody where I know, okay, same style as I do. Um, it's gonna, it's gonna work well. I know what I need to do. It's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a challenge because he's a completely different kind of wrestler. I said that just the interview before where I'm a good example of a guy that yeah, I was in NXT for a little bit, but everything I have right now, the foundation of that, I built outside of them. We had nothing to do with that. The Miz on the other side is a prime example of how that development system of, the, of, of WWE just works so well. Because he started with them. They basically trained, like they taught him everything he knows and everything, uh, all his skills. And it worked out perfectly because looking back at it now, he's one of the 
most successful uh, superstars that have ever been in that company. So I think also with that background, it's a very interesting matchup. How does somebody that had a career, that is, the careers are similar, almost similarly long, but how does somebody that had most of his career outside of that company, that is success outside of the company, compared to somebody who's always been on the black pit, uh, on the, on the big platform. Um, I think those situations are very interesting for me because it's a little bit of, it's not like two worlds colliding. That's too much, but it's definitely two different approaches that collide. And, uh, I think taking that and mixing it up is always the most exciting for our fans because if everything would be the same, it would be kind of boring. You know, Gunther, uh, you mentioned looking forward to this mismatch at the Survivor Series. And in years past, uh, the, the Survivor Series sort of theme would sort of be facing off like counterparts. And if this was in years past, your opponent would probably be Logan Paul, who's now the United States champion. And he's a guy who is very much a quote-unquote sports entertainer. But I think he's garnered a ton of respect over, you know, Inside WWE, outside WWE, just for how quickly he's taken to uh, the the art of professional wrestling. Um, I just love to know your thoughts on, on Logan Paul and and what a match between you two would probably look like if it would ever come to pass. Mm. So to the match itself, I would love to do that match. I think it's I think it would be very exciting. Um, on him, so. The thing in general with celebrities coming into our business and do their thing, um, for a while, like I always had like a little bit when I saw something like that, it was a little bit like, a, is that necessary? Um, because in a lot of cases, it was just somebody coming in, whatever, getting paid or try to take the most out of it for them and then leave again. Mm. And I think with the celebrities we had recently, like Logan Paul, Bad Bunny, I think is a very good example as well. Those are guys that are obviously passionate about what we do. Like they enjoy it. They love it. And they have a high interest of contributing to it and not just going there and taking something out. So with that being said, I think, and I'm, yeah, I got a very positive opinion about uh, Logan Paul. I think he, he helps everybody with, wanting to do it because he's got astronomical reach out there on the internet. Um, he's very respectful. Like he doesn't walk around and thinks he's a big deal or something. And um, the guy has a amazing career outside of WWE already. He's like basically self-made. Um, and now he decided to, yeah, join us and give it a go there. And so far, I mean, he's the United States champion. So congratulations. I think he's, He's done very well so far and in general, very exciting to watch, very athletic, very, he's quite tall as well. He's got a great body, um, charismatic, can talk. He's not afraid of, yeah, showing off or showing <laughs> out if that makes sense. So yeah. uh, it's a great addition for us. Not speaking about Logan Paul in particular, but considering the career you've had, and I know that, you know, you've gotten a lot of questions uh over the years about the kind of trans physical transformation you've gone through. I think we've probably asked them too, but does anybody ever come to you uh, from the office and say, and, and ask you to mentor new talent to give them your advice to maybe travel with them a little bit? Does that, I mean, it, it seems like 
if I were running the shop that you'd be one of the people that I might, I might look to for, to give that kind of advice. Um, yeah, that was, that has happened like many times before and WWE it hasn't because we have our coaches, producers and those kind of people. Um, I ran a training school for a few years in, for WXW in Germany and it's a little bit of a, I don't know, let's say somebody like Kaiser or even before Ilya, when we were in the same brand, those are people that you kind of naturally have a good connection anyway, and you help each other along the way. Um, things like that are different, but it's, uh, I gotta say it, especially right now, I don't think I would be able to really take somebody and help him along the way because my career right now takes my full focus and my full energy. And I think in the long run, it's always better for somebody to be a teacher or a mentor to somebody that already has his prime behind him because he can allocate more energy and more focus uh, on the person you're mentoring. Um, so as of right now, um, I feel like later on in my career, there could be something I'm up for. Um, in general, I am when people ask. But uh, as of right now, I'm glad I'm just focusing on myself. You know, Gunther, uh, character-wise, I, I think you're one of the most interesting uh, performers in, in, in the entire industry because I wouldn't necessarily call you a baby face and I wouldn't necessarily call you a heel because you you smile. Like, like when the Miz is coming up to you and he's trying to get all tough and whatever, like you almost like, you almost look at him like, Oh man, look at this guy. He's really trying his best. You know, like it's like just he just is. like that right now. <laughs> it's, he is. There's there's sort of a natural confidence that just comes with everything you do, which I don't want to boo. I, I'm just looking at. I'm just like, nah, I don't want to boo this guy. This guy's awesome. Um, as far as like developing your character on the main roster and being able to tell a story that's not just in the ring, but obviously through promos and outside of the stuff. How much is, of that was the development throughout your career in WWE and NXT, and how much of that is just Gunther being Gunther or you just being yourself and just being like, you know what? I'm a terrifying dude in the ring. I don't need to be all ha ha to make sure people are scared of me. Your smile is probably more scary than anything. <laughs> so how much of that is you and how much of that is just something you developed over time? Um, it is mostly me. I think what I do on camera is not as different from yeah, who I really am. I think in real life I'm a very, yeah, I'm a logic thinking like a a lot of my decisions are based just on logic. I don't really try to make decisions on emotions. Um, I try to judge situations objectively and not from a side already, if that makes sense. Um, and I think that converts over to what I do in the ring, I think. Um, it's, I think in general, it's everybody that has been successful in this business or is like, uh, no, I think most of them found something in their own personality that it could just take and make it work uh, in the ring. Because if you're not acting something and it's just you, not like nobody will ever beat that authenticity that comes mm -hmm. with. That's just mm -hmm. nothing you can you can copy that. Um, and I think if you look at it's a little bit funny in wrestling anyway. I feel like often the, a gimmick that stands out is just a catch for the people to put attention to the person. And when the attention is there, then you just, you're just a person. 
with the person's characteristics. Every person is different. You just said, I, yeah, I laugh at the miss when he's like all <laughs> tensing up. Like, it's almost cute when he tries. But how else should I react? You know what I mean? Like what's, what do people expect from me to react to that? Uh, yeah. So I think a lot of that has changed already. And I think it's going to do more and more as the, the years go by. But I think a little bit the typical heel and face role model will kind of disappear, I think. I think we have a variety of characters now, and I feel like a lot of them are, like, just on paper, you would go like, oh, it's a very unlikable person, but then actually observing them and see how they react to certain things, you you might connect, because none, nobody of us is either fully good or fully evil or something like that. So even when you look at somebody that is supposed to be like a, a bad person, you will find something as a viewer and be like, Oh, I can relate to that. And it doesn't matter <laughs> on what basis you relate to someone. As soon as you can relate somehow, you're going to have some sort of emotional connection. Uh, so it's almost impossible right now to, yeah, get everybody either on your side or against you. It will always be a little bit of a mix. I feel like you'd relate to Thanos a lot, like Thanos <laughs> and so, in the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, I say this now because a bunch of my friends said that to me. It's like, oh, you, you like Thanos, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I've, maybe I should watch the movie finally because I've never seen an Avengers movie. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think it's time to oh. widen my horizon when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Um, we got to let you go soon, but let me ask you this. I just saw that you're 94 days away. You already beat the Honky Tonk Man's record, but now you're 94 days away from Pedro Morales' record of most combined days as Intercontinental Champion. How much is how, how important is that sort of thing to you? And just hypothetically, if it was up to you and they said, you can either go the 94 days and put your name in, in, in another category in the record book or drop the title tomorrow and get a World Heavyweight Championship match at the pay-per-view. What, what would you pick? Um, that's tricky. So you, so you say I get a world championship match in a pay-per-view or? But you have to drop the IC title before you break the streak. What, what, oh, what? No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I, no, no, no. I can, I can break every streak in the world out there. I would still not trade it in because um, shit, like, so... God will, and I will be the world champion at some point, then I will have earned it and it will not be a handout. And, uh, that's important to me. And so I would never, and I would never drop the intercontinental championship on purpose. That's, yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> Gunther, you, 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 you and Imperium live by the mantra that the mat is sacred. And, uh, obviously, uh, you know, it's something that you you live every day and you had to have grown up thinking it was sacred in some way, shape or form. Who were some of the people that you were inspired by growing up that kind of lived by that mantra too that made you say, you know what, when I get into this business, this is exactly how I want to carry myself. This is how I, the type of champion I want to be. Who made the mat sacred to you before you sort of carried that on? Um, it's a good question. So I feel like in general, how I approach my own life leads to that a little bit because, uh, I don't know, in many aspects in life, when something has to be done, I'm the first guy that says, cut the BS, let's get to it, please. Mm. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, that helped developing that uh, thinking in, in wrestling as well. Um, 
but always just in general, I enjoyed it more when I enjoyed a wrestling product more when the focus was on the, yeah, on the physicality and everything around it is enhances that. It's not one of the main attractions. Um, so it was always when I was training to be a wrestler and then also in my career, when I was watching guys, I would always be more drawn to Japanese wrestling, for example. I liked it way more or old school European wrestling because they all were just, yeah, very basic. They had the boots, they had the trunks, they had their, like the training jacket or their coat. They looked like athletes, they looked like sportsmen and they wanted to represent themselves as that. So, and I always found a big uh, liking about that because the drama for me in our sport was never in the, uh, the drama around it was never in the, the colorful things around it, like all the enhancers, like the drama for me always came through, yeah, the competition when it gets, when people are starting, start getting tired after being in the ring for 10 minutes and giving it their all, when exhaustion, injuries and all of that, all of those things kick in in the match and it becomes a real struggle. That's, yeah, that's what always, where I felt that's when the drama aspect comes in and people can relate to that. Um, so since I always liked it personally more, I always tried to focus on that. And then I surrounded my whole career, I surrounded myself with people thinking that way or, uh, like approaching in a similar direction. Like, um, Kaiser's father, for example, was a wrestler already in Germany. Um, he was a little bit of an older gentleman. So he wrestled in the seventies, sixties, seventies, eighties. Um, so he has a lot of, so Kaiser has a lot of knowledge that, from his father that influenced us, obviously. Then in the Indies, the guys that was around, like, I don't know, Timothy Fetch, Saxaver Jr., Daisuke Sakimoto early in my career. Those were kind of like guys that influenced me more than anybody on the screen mm-hmm. uh, that I watched, just working with them and um, the things you learn when working together and trial and error and all of that stuff. And how, seeing how some of my peers that were more advanced than I was handle uh, mistakes or handle issues and stuff. I think those are the things that inspire me way more than having a role model in the distance, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, guys who are listening to this, if you hear that slapping, that is Gunther's massive hands uh, <laughs> each other. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no it's it is good. It, it enhances. We needed, I needed to work in a chop question before we got into that. So uh, I know we got to let you go soon. And and Dave, I know you got one more question, but I, I, I have to ask, man, those, those chops have made you a household name. Uh, I, I almost want to say you have you have taken the chop from Ric Flair as the most, you, you kind of own it now, right? Like you, it is become an attraction. People come to see you slap the ever living shit out of people. Um, I, I, I just want to know the, I guess the genesis of that. When did you realize that like, oh my gosh, I have these massive hands. These chops are, are going to get a, a, a loud reaction every time. Like when did you figure out like, okay, I, this is this is this is something. This is something right here. <laughs> yeah, this, it was more. Yeah, again, it was more out of logic actually, because I thought at the start of my career, it's like okay, that those are all those moves I saw on TV that I that looked cool, and now I look at myself, it's like okay, what makes sense for me? Let's cut what I like, what I think is super cool. Let's just see what makes sense for me. And it's like yeah, I got pretty long legs, I got long ha- uh, big hands, long arms. So I thought, you know what? 
maybe that's those are the things I should do, like big boots, clotheslines, jobs, and then it will be effective. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned Ric Flair because uh, that's like one thing um, I'm kind of proud of because in WWE, when somebody chops the other person, we'll always get the boo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm proud to be able to claim that in 95% when I chop somebody, that is not their reaction. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, more like it's more like a it's more like a gasp and a woo now. It's like oh, oh yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's impactful. So, um, but getting that reaction for it is fantastic, and it was what I was always aiming for, and uh, yeah, made it my thing. Well, Gunther, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. We really appreciate having you on. And, um, dude, uh, best of luck in, in, in uh, holding on to the IC title, breaking that Pedro Morales record, and, um, yeah, never letting it go. Man. Perfect. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you to Gunther. That was awesome. Kaz, you want to get your plugs in on the way out? Yeah, man. Catch me on Count It. NBA show, a fanatic sports book, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Cash for podcast, say less with Caslow, King and Rosie every Monday. And uh, you catch me right here on the Mass Man Show. You catch me on This Is Awesome. You can catch me on the WWE Ultimate Show on Peacock. You can find me here. You can find me on the Press Box. Be sure to listen to all of the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. This one, Cheap Heat, and of course, Wednesday Worldwide. Thank you to our wonderful producer, John Kerma. John wish you best in all your future endeavors that's your formal farewell for <laughs> is that, that's all Kerm gets oh man he'll be back he'll be he, back he'll, he just, he's never he's not going he's just taking long. a little brizzy break yeah he's good <laughs> um thank you to uh to interim president ben cruz thank you to all of you for listening to this show apologies as always to john moxley we'll see you back here next week peace peace